everybody, it's Sammy, and welcome to episode four of Dairy Free State, where we talk about the intersection between food and health. And when I say health, I mean every aspect of our health, not just what we think of as conventional health, like nutrition or physical activity. And that brings me to introducing our guest for today, Jalisa. Welcome. So good to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. Okay, so to jump in, um, I just want you to tell the audience about your diet, how long you've been eating that way, and what made you decide to go down that road? Um, yes, yeah, so I became a vegetarian, like an actual vegetarian, I would say, in 2017. Um, when I was in college, about my junior year of college, I played around with the idea of being a vegetarian, and that lasted all of um, three days. Um, I think my vegetarian journey starts like a a lot of people where you watched a few documentaries on, um, you know, like I, when I was in college, I watched, um, fat, sick and nearly dead. Oh yeah. (laughs) I've seen that. I immediately went out and was like, I'm buying a juicer. I'm juicing for the next 30 days. And I, I don't think I made it past a day or two because, um, I just didn't know how to buy enough at that time. Um, and when that failed, I decided like, okay, I might not juice for 30 days, but I can go vegetarian. And all I knew about being vegetarian at the time was like the frozen food section of being a vegetarian. <laughs> um, my uh, aunt is the first person to really introduce me to what a vegetarian lifestyle looks like because she became vegetarian when I was younger. And um, that's all I kind of knew was like soy milk, um, Boca burgers, <laughs> uh, yeah. morning star sausages and things like that. Like that's what vegetarian looked like to me. Um, and I had that moment where I was like, you are a vegetarian who doesn't eat vegetables. How does that work? <laughs> So um, that's when that kind of flopped. And then I, uh, in 2007, I watched some more documentaries that really pushed me towards um, eating a plant-based diet. And that's been sticking now since, you know, since then. Great. So um, what, other, what other documentaries did you watch or what would you recommend people watch um, if they're considering going vegetarian? Um, I watch What the Health. Um, oh Netflix. yeah. Um, Cowspiracy. There's a few more ones on there that are a little bit smaller. Um, so there's a uh, can't remember the name of it right now, but there's a lady who talks about like her experience with um animal versus plant based. Um, and there's a moment in there which really kind of sparked my decision, where she was at a convention and there was a like a small Christian group that was there and they had these little signs that said, you know, what would Jesus do or what would Jesus think? And at the time I had just became Christian myself and I was like, well, what does Jesus want? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, that to me, it, that was the real trigger. Like I watched all these other documentaries before that. Then I watched this one. And when, when that kind of scene happened, I do believe that I heard God speaking to me regarding like how I should eat moving forward. 
And, yeah. Um, and that was the decision. That was the, the, that's when I fully decided to not just be like vegetarian, but to, to lean more on vegan. And um, I say that because the v- vegans are vegan for more ethical reasons, not necessarily health and dietary reasons. Um, and I do believe that that ethics is tied to, in some forms of way, spirituality that depends on, on how you, you know, how you see ethics. It can be spiritual yeah. in the same way. So, yeah. So before we started recording, we were talking about how you, uh, one of the reasons you went vegetarian was for spiritual reasons. So outside of seeing that, um, that scene in that documentary, um, have you connected with other people on that level and what have you found and what kind of commonalities do you share? Um, I haven't, I, I haven't really connected with too many other people that identify as vegetarian and vegan. Uh, it, not that I, not that I'm not, but I, I'm, I'm probably am, but I don't specifically ask people like, how do you eat? And I, I think it's annoying when people ask me those kind of questions. Um, when I, when people learn that I'm vegetarian and then they kind of want to poke around with what I eat. And, and I don't like how that feels. So I don't like going around like asking people how they choose to eat. Um, but I do, I'm, I identify with Caribbean culture. And um, in the Caribbean culture, you do have Rastafari's who are um, vegetarian and plant-based and that is very tied into their spirituality and what they, how they see themselves as gods and how they, um, what God thinks of them and what God thinks of the universe. And so I know that, I know those people, (laughs) I know if I I connect with some, if I meet someone who identifies as Rasta, Rasta, I know that they're vegetarian for uh, spiritual reasons. Um, but I, I don't really go necessarily try to network, so to say, with the, like connecting with people who are eat like I do. Right. So it's, so for you, it's more of an individual journey where if you happen to meet someone like-minded, great, but it's really, it's really like an inward process for you. It sounds like. Yeah. 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 It's something that I find I feel like it's it's needed for me to just be a better person. Like I, I I'm doing my own research on like health and how nutrition plays a role in just so many things like mood, for example. Um, yeah. So it's something that I'm kind of experimenting with just for my own personal self development. Um, but you know, when I do meet other people, I'm like, oh, awesome, great, that's cool. Um, but I also don't like proactively try to connect with other people who are um, vegetarian or vegan, because I think for me, it has a lot to, I I understand like people are intersectional. So I can be someone who eats a vegetarian and can be like a shitty person. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to just connect, you know, with you because, Oh, like we both eat plant-based cool, but you're a shitty person. So I really, you know, (laughs) I would much rather meet good people. And then if I meet a good person and they happen to be vegetarian or vegan, I'm like, oh, cool. That's dope too. But, you know. Yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> well, and I mean, I feel like I had this conversation um, on our on my last podcast episode. But, yeah, sometimes you run into kind of a 
I mean, not to say that they're necessarily in the wrong, but sometimes you run into like smug attitudes with special mm-hmm. diets and mm-hmm. then you're like, no, but I'm not like that. <laughs> you know, Like I'm doing this just for me. It's just, you know, I, did you run into any kind of besides, so your aunt kind of got it. Um, but did you run into any other resistance with your family or questions with your family when you first decided to go vegetarian? Um, yeah, (laughs) so like everyone just wants to know how can they best like support me in during like large gatherings when we eat. Um, so if I'm like with my sister, my sister has two kids, she's married. If we go out to eat, they might want to go to, um, we had the other day we went to the mall, there was, um, Johnny Rockets and there was Applebee's. That was the two choices. And, um, but I know everybody wanted to go to Johnny Rockets and I was like, uh, I I was willing to go, but I knew I was not going to really enjoy anything off the menu. Even if I got fries, that's still not like the best vegetarian. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, can we go to Applebee's please? (laughs) (laughs) And I know that, um, there was a little bit of like, like, but I want to go to Johnny Rockets. Um, but everyone decided to go because I do think that they wanted to make sure that I still feel included. And, um, and you know, everybody got what they wanted from Applebee's and I got my, like some steamed broccoli (laughs) and grilled vegetables, you know, but that would have been way better than something from, um, Johnny Rockets, for example. So all my family are more, that's, more so what the conversation is it's like okay if you're coming over to our house like what do we need to buy to make sure that you eat something um things like that that's good that they're thinking about how to accommodate you um I was I was saying on the last episode my boyfriend's family gets very his mom especially gets very worried she thinks I'm gonna starve to death if you know she doesn't bring stuff over for me I'm like it's fine it's gonna (laughs) everything's gonna be fine we'll figure it out it's not a big deal um but you said you get you get a lot of questions from other people, like friends and stuff, about what you eat or if you tell someone you're vegetarian. What kind of questions are you really sick of hearing? Well, uh, where do you get your protein from? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, which I, I think that's such an annoying question just because when I was eating a, a, a standard American diet, no one cared about where I got my protein from. Um, and I don't even think people – like, and this is just me being an asshole about it. Like, I'm like, do you even know where you get your protein from? Like, that's, that's, (laughs) um, but it's one of those, that's questions is super annoying. Um, something else that people ask me a lot is just like, well, like, what do you eat? Um, it's like, almost like they can't wrap their mind around eating a diet that does not include animal products at all. Right. Um, and I'm like, I eat fruit and I eat vegetables. <laughs> yeah. You could be like, what do you eat? Do you eat fruits and vegetables? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like fruit by the foot doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So not to be one of those people, but I have been asking this question of every guest. Um, what are some of your favorite meals or favorite things to make within your diet? Um, favorite things hands down has to be, um, like what they call a grain bowl and oh, yeah. that's just, you know, gr- some kind of grain as your bottom. It could be brown rice, quinoa, uh, cauliflower rice, if that's the wave that you're on <laughs> and you just load it up with vegetables, uh, roasted vegetables, or it can be raw vegetables. You can add tofu if you want to, no tofu if you want to, uh, most bowls 
um, recipes that you find will have um, uh, chickpeas usually um, or some kind of uh, bean protein as the as the protein. But I love a good grain bowl, like just hands down. I I think I take my time going around New York just to find like vegetarian places that make good grain bowls. I've thought about like doing it as an Instagram page too. Just yeah, so good. It's just such an easy way to get like everything that you need in a complete meal. Um, that's kind of that's my favorite. That's my go-to. Yeah, and you can get so creative with them, mm-hmm. you know, or you can just kind of do the same thing and you switch a couple things out and it can taste totally different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love a lot of the times my dinner, actually last night this was our dinner, was just like roast a bunch of vegetables and we'll put them, and and my boyfriend had grains, I just put it on like a, you know, bed of leaves and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like, sometimes we'll add other protein, sometimes we'll add goat cheese, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's so simple just throw stuff on a tray. Yeah. <laughs> just like done. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, so are there, so you said you kind of, uh, go around New York trying to find the best grain bowls. Are there, um, resources that you found helpful to prep that stuff at home, like YouTube channels you watch or blogs you read books, anything like that? Oh, definitely. Um, I am a fan of Sweet Potato Soul. She's a um, YouTuber, a food blogger. Uh, she talks. She started her blog mainly on like kind of recipes with sweet potatoes, but she has kind of now just honed in on what it looks like to eat a soulful or flavorful uh, vegan diet. And mm-hmm. she, she's always my go-to for, like, just creative recipes, even simple recipes, just in a way that's, like, authentic to being Black. Um, yeah. One thing that um, uh, other Black folks that I've come across kind of struggle with is feeling like that, uh, like, being a vegetarian or being vegan is not uh, flavorful or it's not... It doesn't taste delicious, or you know, you you're you, we come from a lot of that's that soulful kitchen, um, soulful eating. Or if you come from the Caribbean, you have the Caribbean cuisines that's just like robust, and a lot of that has to do with the meats that's added into stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> like um, in the South, you make collard greens with um, some type of uh, meat, turkey or uh, pork fat, things like that. Um, so she, to me, she has really reimagined what that looks like for for black folks to say like hey you can eat soulful flavorful um vegan food and it and it can be healthy and delicious and all that good stuff so she's always my go-to nice yeah it's i mean so important to find representation within Mm -hmm. the diet that you're working in for sure cool i wrote that down i'll make sure to add a link to sweet potato soul in the description of the podcast as well yeah i just started um, following um Ra- rachel ama she's another one she's in she's in london i believe um but she also talk she does a lot of like soulful recipes as well and there's um i don't know her name but on youtube it's shine with plants and she just is so she's she makes being a vegetarian just so beautiful. <laughs> That's so nice. You watch her videos and she's with her, her baby and the the recipes are so simple. It's just like, I love it. 
yeah, I think, you know, it's so important to find people who make vegetarian and vegan food look approachable and delicious because there's always those roadblocks that people have to eating that way. They just have these like preconceived notions of what it's going to be like without, you know, realizing, oh, you can, you can have a varied diet with this just the same way as if you're eating meat. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also what I find is that people don't have much of a, a, a varied diet when they eat meat. Um, and yeah. a lot of people think that I'm limiting myself or they'll say like, oh, I couldn't eat such a limited diet. And um, I try not to argue with people, but <laughs> a vegetarian diet is definitely not limited. A vegan diet is definitely not limited. What's limited is your understanding of how to approach this kind of diet. Um but yeah, it's to me, I, I I was talking to a coworker the other day, like becoming vegetarian taught me how to cook. Like before, yeah. I don't consider myself having known how to cook. I, I think I knew how to fry something. I could bake something. I could boil some water. But as far as like cooking and putting together different ingredients or knowing what to do with something when it's raw, like I learned how to do that because of me eating a vegetarian diet, not me eating a traditional American diet, which was heavily meat and carbs, bad carbs. <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel like uh, eating vegetarian has influenced other people around you to uh, change anything about how they're eating or at least get a little bit more adventurous with what they're eating? Um, for my niece, I had made, um, I had made like a green juice at home. And I had, and I was drinking it out of a mason jar, so I think it looked extra sexy because it was in a mason jar. <laughs> and my niece was like, what's that? And I was like, oh, it's a juice that I made. And, you know, I was like, do you want some? And she's like, yeah. And gave her just a little bit because my niece and nephew could, they could be picky. Um, but she liked it. And I was like, okay, so... But she's also an experimenter. She, she's more likely to experiment with eating something versus my nephew. Yeah. Um, but just something like that was just like, okay, so you know when people talk about like, oh, I have a finicky child eater. They're not going to want to eat this kind of stuff. Like if you introduce it to them, one, um, they might be more curious than you realize. Um, but if it also tastes delicious, they're not really going to be concerned if it was made with spinach or broccoli or like red dye number two, <laughs> it is like that it tastes good. So um, I could see over time, my niece probably would be more likely to want to adopt a plant-based diet based off of um, certain changes that I've made. But um, I don't really see it influencing anybody else. <laughs> um, for different reasons, right? Like my mom eats the a certain kind of diet based on her uh, health concerns. Um, and then my sister, um, I guess, because she doesn't have certain health conditions, she's just kind of like, oh, I'll eat what I want to eat, you know? Yeah. She wants to lose weight, but she's still kind of like, you know, I want to eat what I want to eat, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So um, I think it will affect people. I think it would make more sense once uh, enough, and I hate to say it this way, but like when someone when they experience certain kind of health condition and then their nutritionist or their doctor is saying like hey you need to eat more plants and less of this that they might be like oh Jaleesa can you help me with (laughs) making plant-based recipes and things like that because now they've been put into a position where they 
kind of forced to do it. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, I've experienced things kind of similar to that too, where you know somebody has to cut things out of their diet, and then they come to me and say, "Okay, well, what's your best advice for this, or how do you keep this interesting?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, well, I'm here for you. I'm here for you whenever you need it." So, um, uh, one thing that you were talking with with your niece, um, there's this awesome book that I read a few years ago called French Kids Eat Everything. And it was all about this woman who I think she was now it's been a while, but I think her husband was French and they ended up moving to France for a few years for his job. And the way that like French people approach their like kids diets, they just give them what they're eating. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you just eat this. This is what you eat. You're not getting like, you know, chicken fingers or mac and cheese or something like you're just going to eat the food that we're eating and how, because they just set that expectation. Like you said, you're not overly explaining it. You're not, you know, you're, you're not anticipating the barriers that mm-hmm. these kids might have. You're just like, here you go. <laughs> exactly. And and she, she was like shocked. She's like, I can't believe my kids are eating this stuff. Like I never thought they would, you know? And, um, my, growing up, my parents ate really healthy and I kind of, went in the opposite direction for a while and came back was a weird rebellion. And, um, but they were always like, Oh, you're an adventurous eater. They just kind of, they put that on me, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> if you eat anything you like to, and it's like Jedi mind tricks. I was like, yeah. I am an adventurous eater. I will eat anything you put in front of me. <laughs> and it worked. I mean, I, I, I ate mostly the foods that, you know, they gave me until I got to like teenage years and rebellious and weird and whatever. But um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of validity to that. And when you said that kind of made me think of those things. Um, And so I was talking to a coworker recently who I mentioned something about like limited diet. And I told her that, because we had mentioned before uh, talking about the spiritual side of like why we eat and how we eat. Um, I had told her that I think a lot of, a lot of us should eat more limited or restricted, but um, we just don't know what those limitations and those restrictions are. So we just eat anything. So a good example would be somebody that has like, I just learned this one, like celiac disease, right? You don't know when you're born that you have celiac disease. You have to actually eat certain food and then your stomach hurts and you're like, oh, wait, I actually can't eat that. So, um, I think most people should, most people have some form of limitation or restrictive diet, especially if you identify with a a certain set of religious beliefs, for example, like if someone identifies as Jewish, like you have a kosher diet, that is what's outlined according to your belief. Now, whether or not you follow that diet is something different, but there is a a guideline according to their Mm -hmm. faith as to how you should eat the same way it is for Christians, the same way it is for Muslims. It's probably the same way for a lot of other different spiritual practices or whatever, but you choose at the end of the day, whatever you decide to put in your mouth. Um, and a scripture that's come into my mind right now is a, uh, is a scripture in the Bible that talks about like, essentially what the scripture means is that you can you can do like whatever you can do. Like if I, um, if I have legs, I can run, but does it prosper me to run for three hours straight 
or does it prosper you if you can, you have a liver, you can drink alcohol, but does it prosper you to drink um, three bottles of alcohol straight in one sitting, you know? So there's a lot of things that we can do as as people and even uh, as in our bodies when it comes to eating. There's a lot of things that our body can do, but does it benefit you? Or does it prosper you to eat like steak three times in, in one week? Uh, or, you know, or if that one steak was enough that week and, and then, you know, you're good for the week and maybe you don't eat steak again for the month. Or does it prosper you to like at Thanksgiving have the chicken, the fish, the turkey and the the steak? Like, you know, it that's always something that I'm thinking about. Like, I know I can do certain things, but does it prosper me to do certain things? Yeah. Just because you can, doesn't mean necessarily you should, should, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so we've been alluding to it and you talked about how, you know, eating vegetarian and connecting it with your spirituality is one way that you're working towards, you know, becoming a better person. And, uh, I know that you wanted to get some other things prepared, but is there anything else kind of coming to mind at that intersection where, you know, the r- things that you use to remind yourself or things to motivate yourself? Yeah. Um, when I was in college, I had this yearning to go back natural. And um, when I when I had that yearning, I really didn't know at all what that meant. Um, at the time, it was like, okay, I, I wanted to cut my hair because uh, I had permed hair. And it, that was kind of big during that time. We had a lot of Black women transitioning from permed hair to natural hair. And um, so that's what I did at that time. Um, but over time, I realized that going back natural means so many more things than just um, as a Black woman cutting your hair from... Uh, perm to natural. And I think that was kind of like my proclamation, right? Like you got to do something in the physical to let like the invisible know, like I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm making this trans transition. Right. So over time it has, it's, it's went from going natural and then using natural products in my hair to using natural products on my body to okay what about what do you put inside of your body (laughs) yeah and then you know it's now it's also just it's also like how do I live what's your space like how's your space is your is your space natural is your environment natural um when you use that disinfectant especially during a time like we're in right now like is that actually beneficial for your the environment that you physically live in but then the the environment all around you. Um, and from a spirit, the same spiritual aspect is like, I want to know what it means to be organic, like throughout my entire existence, not just like the tomato that I decided to eat this week. Like, <laughs> is it, is it the tomato organic, but am I organic? Am I operating in my highest and full, full self? And I know that in order for me to kind of start getting closer and to an organic human in my physical form that I also have to eat organic. Um, and I don't mean, like I said, eating the organic tomato that comes from the farmer's market. Like, yes, that's organic too, but just eating real food. 
um, because yeah. a lot of things that we eat that are just not even real food. Um, that's not that that's the start. Like when people want to know, like, well, how can I start eating a plant based diet? Like we're not even ready to go to farmers market organic tomatoes yet. <laughs> we need to start with like stop eating potato chips. Because that is not yeah. real food, even though it says potato and it says like, oh, this came from potatoes. Like it's genetically modified tomatoes, which is, I mean, potatoes, which is not the same as the potato that is grown at the farmer's market, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And then when, so for me, it's like, I need to know what it means to be fully organic because that's the way that's in my understanding of, you know, Christianity and God and us being like God and in the image of God is like, that's the only way that you're going to be able to really be like in tuned one-on-one with God is if you actually kind of like get all of the junk that's out of you. <laughs> in yeah. you and that starts with what you eat. So it really sounds like your approach literally was like from head to toe and then inside out <laughs> the way that you talk about it. So that's awesome. Um, what kind of advice would you have for other people who uh, want to go vegetarian and, you know, perhaps want to do it for the same reasons that you've been doing it? I would first say tap into whatever your spiritual beliefs are, um, because that is always going to be your roadmap as the direction in which you should go. Um, so if you are a Christian, you need to be tapped into the Bible. If you are a Muslim, you need to be tapped into the Quran. If you are a Buddhist, because I identified as Buddhist at one point in my life, there is a Buddhist, you can say scripture, so to say, it's not exactly a, a Bible, but it's something like it's, um, it's something like a pamphlet as a guide every uh, belief has some form of guide. So you should tap into whatever that guide is and what that guide says to you about the way that you should eat. Um, the second thing that I would do or suggest and recommend is that you work with a, a nutritionist that is going to respect your spiritual beliefs, whatever that, whatever those are. Um, I just started working with a nutritionist and I told her that like I am a vegan for like spiritual ethical reasons and I you can tell me to you blue in the face like the benefits of drinking like cow's milk for example (laughs) but I'm not gonna do it so you know this is there's no point of us having that conversation so you know she was like okay (laughs) (laughs) let's explore some alternatives and I'm like great so um I but I think working with a nutritionist is so important because when you're trying to do this transition on your own, you can miss a lot of what you need because you, you, you're not there yet. You're not ready to um, go fully plant-based, for example. Like I used to eat like Popeye's and French fries. That was dinner. And you, now you're talking about cutting out the meat, uh, almost eliminating fries. I'm not all the way there yet, but <laughs> and and going to like broccoli and sweet like no okay I wasn't you know when I first transitioned it was really hard um so I would not recommend anybody doing it the way that I did which was just like cold turkey I'm not eating this stuff no more forget it oh yeah um work with a nutritionist like work with a nutritionist to develop a plan to actual actually transition to um 
to going plant-based. And the last tip that I would say is it is helpful to like find Instagram accounts or even YouTube accounts um, on or lifestyle food bloggers around like how to eat or what to eat or recommendations, things like that. Um, but just don't get too deep into doing that because that can also create some form of like imposter syndrome, so to say. Where oh, you, sure. Yeah. You know, you just don't feel like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to eat like them or do it the way they do it or things like that. So um, you just kind of got to monitor your feelings when you're kind of doing those kinds of searches because it can be overwhelming and triggering at the same time. And it can kind of hinder you from the, the process that you're on if you're not careful. Yeah, you've got to be kind to yourself, right? And mm-hmm. patient and um yeah, I I think we're all we all need to work on that. <laughs> uh I had something else and I totally forgot. I I'm sure it'll come back to me. Um Oh, uh are there any other I know you're talking about Instagram. We talked about some YouTube blogs, things like that. Anything else that you want to share? Any other resources um that you found helpful that you want to make sure you mention? Um, I love Pinterest, love Pinterest, love Pinterest for recipes. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, resources on types of foods that you like recipes, like really filling recipes that you can make, um, on Pinterest and, you know, you can just keep a little board that, you know, save this here, save that there, but I'm a big fan of Pinterest. So you're a big fan of Pinterest and you've got a Pinterest page, right? That um, where you share some of the things that you've been working on. Yes. Yes. On my, so on my Pinterest page, I share a lot of like the things that I find that I think might help somebody else. So um, I've been doing a lot of research on um, it's called adapt adaptogens. I have been pronouncing it wrong this whole time adaptogens. And I've been doing research on um, medicinal mushrooms So if I find like a blend that I like, I will pin it on my Pinterest page. And when I network, meet with people, talk to people about, you know, like, oh, I just learned something really cool. It's really dope. They'll know exactly where to go to find it. So I'm not trying to like text 20 people the link to this coffee mushroom blend that I like. It's like, okay, here's the Pinterest. Go to the board and check it out. Um, yeah, so that's that's the main way that I use my Pinterest. It's like if I find something, if I think it's dope, if I like, I just added a books section. If I found a book that I thought is awesome and I recommend anybody to read it, like I'll use my board to to save information that I want to share with people. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think I just found your Pinterest board. I see the adaptogens and mushrooms, the gut health board, small space gardening. Very cool. Um, one thing I remember now that I was going to mention, oh, and you've got Atomic Habits on here, which is what I was thinking of uh, when you were talking about, you know, don't do everything at once, make small changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Atomic Habits was so awesome. Um, one thing that I was thinking of in terms of finding a nutritionist or, you know, somebody to talk to about your diet who understands the spiritual aspect of what you're doing or understands you know, all the different aspects of your life, which go into what you're eating. I found a lot of success with, um, integrative health practitioners Mm -hmm. and I've been working with a specialist. She's a a nurse practitioner and, uh, she's asked me so many different questions and intake related to 
relationships, physical activity, my spiritual practices, other work that I've gotten done in alternative health and all kinds of things to better understand what I'm doing before we even started talking about Mm -hmm. my diet or medications or other things that I needed to do, which has been really helpful. So um, I'm sure if people are looking for something like that, if you find somebody in functional medicine or integrative medicine, uh, they're probably more likely to be uh, already thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, There's a term and I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly. If it, if it's not, it's not naturopathic or naturopathic, um, doctors that essentially they are holistic medical doctors and licensed medical doctors. And it's it's called the ND. And, um, I just found a website that I could share that with you to put in the notes where you Perfect. can search it's a database a database of um NDs so you can search and try to find the ND. And I would also recommend doing that as well. Like if you are are already seeing a medical doctor, um just to even consider working with an ND just because um they're more likely to be on that holistic wavelength or they're already on that holistic wavelength versus if you go to a medical doctor, traditional medical doctor, you gotta hope that they, you know, they're on that um, holistic wavelength, uh, but most of them aren't. So yeah, you definitely have to kind of, I've I've learned that doing research on the doctors I'm going to meet with before I meet with them helps so much, helps me understand where they're coming from. And if they're going to kind of meet me on my level (laughs) and and talk to me, you know, where, where I'm at. And Um, another type of doctor I would recommend, and actually I'll probably be meeting with one in the next few months, hopefully, um, are, uh, DOs, doctors of osteopathic medicine. They're also trained to kind of look at your whole body and, and approach it from a whole body perspective instead of just kind of treating one little part of your body, which I think is one of the biggest problems in traditional medicine is they look at one little part of your life and, try to solve that problem without zooming out and looking at your whole self and mm-hmm. what else you got going on. So uh, definitely would recommend DOs as well. Um, and they are also fully licensed phys- physicians, but they just, they train in a different way and they get a different designation besides MD. So um, another path to pursue for sure. So you've got your Pinterest page. You also have an email list, right? And you, yes. people can find that via your Pinterest page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the email is a reflection of the Pinterest, just another option, another way to see the same information. I'll send out usually one email a week, and it'll be, it could be a mix of things. It could could be a a workshop that I saw that's coming up that I think might interest someone who's interested in like, um, like the inner work. So it could be a breathwork class. Uh, There's a... Uh, inner work. There's literally a, a organization, not an organization, business called Inner Workout, and I've been sharing their information. Um, so that's usually what I'll do. Is, uh, is about once a week, or like this month is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. So this month, the emails have been focused on uh, mental health awareness and what people can do to improve their mental wellness from a natural standpoint. Awesome. Um, yeah. Very cool. Uh, I'll have to get on that list. That sounds interesting. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to 
to talk with me today. Is there anything else you want to make sure you bring up before before we close? Yes, there is a podcast that I absolutely love because there are a lot of doctors on this podcast that um, just talk from that holistic standpoint. It's called the Mind Body Green Podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. I've been on their website. I haven't listened to the podcast. What? The podcast is. Oh, my God. Highly recommended. Oh, this is so exciting. If you're, if you're a podcast listen, you listen to podcasts. Uh, the Mind Body Green Podcast, Wellness Mama. Like, I have a whole list. <laughs> um, Are those on your board, too? Hmm? Are those on your board, too? You're not on my board yet. I'm making, I'm making my way to doing that. Okay, nice. Cool. Uh, so stay tuned for that, everybody. Um, oh, man. See, I love doing these interviews because I'm getting ideas for blogs to read and books and YouTube videos to watch, podcasts to listen to. Like, you know, it's a little bit selfish, yeah. but no, it's so, been so interesting. There's so much information, and I feel I find myself wanting to, like, start some form of a encyclopedia website just to collect I don't want to say the best recipes because I, I haven't even tried people's recipes, but just trying to formulate it in a way that might be simpler for people to say like, okay, if I have a question about this kind of essential oil, I can search it in the, you know, the holistic encyclopedia website. Like that's something that I just, I would really love to see because you either, you got to find it on a podcast or you got to find it on Pinterest or you, Instagram somewhere. And it's, there's no one place to really find it all and you can kind of say it google if you just throw something in google you'll find it but (laughs) more I would really like to see like some formal kind of encyclopedia page for holistic or natural wellness yeah some kind of repository repository Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, now I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's anything that even comes close to that. I mean, there's there's uh, you know, physical encyclopedias, but I people still make those. Wow. <laughs> people still make paper encyclopedias. Did yeah. you know that? Uh, <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, I think that would be awesome. And, and yeah, I feel like I always kind of pick things from one place when I'm looking for one specific thing and then I jump over to this place to find out more about this. So yeah, there's definitely a need there. Uh, Well, thank you for all of your recommendations and your time and perspective. Um, Yeah, it means a lot to me to have people do this podcast and try this thing out with me and uh, I'll make sure to plug your Pinterest and check it out and get on that email list. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode four of Dairy Free State. Uh, We definitely got more exciting things to come, so stay tuned.